0: I'd like to remind everyone today as we start um, the recording that uh, you can access this podcast on your iPhone through the iTunes Store or on your Android through Google Play. Just search for the Sylvester team and it should pop right up. Um, We've got Bridget on the line today. I'm going to unmute Bridget and uh, Dick, let's find out... uh, what uh, Bridget learned on Sunday.
1: Okay. Uh, We all know this is a lonely business out here. And, uh, you know, when things aren't going our way, it's kind of like wherever you are, if it's raining where you are, you think it's raining everywhere. Uh, I tease new agents a lot of times. If if the new agent's broke, they have a tendency to uh, think that their clients are all broke, and that just isn't the case. But, Bridget, I wanted to ask you, uh, I know you have a system and you had a situation over the weekend where you were thrown off because they had already bought something. Tell us a little bit uh, about the system you normally do and how this being thrown off affected that system because they had already told you they bought something.
2: Yes. So usually um, when we speak with the client, uh, we call the client up and we introduce ourselves and the reason for our call and we set an appointment and once the appointment is set we are supposed to send our credentials uh including that appointment time and make sure that the client is there when we talk with them but when i called up this client on friday uh they had just they said oh yeah we 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 saw somebody already there somebody came by and we Filled an application, but their signature didn't go through. We don't know what happened. They left. They're gonna they were gonna come back, but they haven't come back yet. So once I heard that, you know, my jaws dropped. I'm like, oh man, I'm late. So I kind of gave up on my system. So I I just said, okay, no problem. I asked a few questions. They they did not. They had no idea what they had bought. So I was like, okay, no problem. I would talk with you the next day, which was Saturday, um, and I got off the phone. Um, but, uh, yeah, but luckily for me, I was on the Zoom call, and others heard me how I was very soft. I was. I had a defeated mindset at that point, and they kind of coached me through it. And so I did not follow through with my system, but they heard it.
1: All right, so what everybody on the call understands is, in essence, Marcia was on a hot mic. She had not, or Bridget was on a hot mic when she was talking to the client. um, And I've I've said this for years. We really don't have any idea what the agents are saying, and a lot of times they sabotage their 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 business because sometimes they use the wrong phrase or they don't, you know, follow through with some questions. And Marcia is it or uh, Bridget is it safe to say that that's kind of what happened to you?
2: Yes, so usually we mute our microphones when we are on the call, when we are on Zoom making dials. That way we just hear one person who is leading the calls. Uh, but I had just forgot to mute my microphone. And when I did not follow through to send my credentials to that client because I felt like, okay, that was a lost sale, is a lost cause, and I did not really clo- um, nail down my appointment, yes, they heard that. They hurt. So I had to sabotage myself, basically, because I felt like that was no good. It was not worth spending my time and sending my credentials or trying to do anything because they've already bought the policy.
1: Now, from what I understand, you had a conversation with Robert, who was the, uh, overhearing this conversation with a client. Well, how did that conversation go after you uh, got off with a client and then talked to Robert?
2: Oh, yes. Immediately, I hung up with that client. They was like, oh, yes. Oh, Bridget, you're done? <laughs> they did not even wait for me to go. Hey, Bridget, you're done? I was like, yes. I was, oh, no. They hurt me. And they said a few things here, Bridget. Are you done with the client? I was like, yes. First of all, you were slow and, and, and slow and low. So, yeah, going slow and low. That was great. That way the clients can understand you. And But a few things we need to correct. Number one, you did not ask who that agent's name was. They did not know what they had signed up for. That's a problem. You needed to have dug deeper. Number three, you did not send your credentials. And number four, you did not close that, that that appointment. You did not make sure that they will show up for your next appointment because you did not insist. Here is my. I am in charge of that area. Here is my credentials. Here is my number. If someone else calls you, and you know, then if they don't give you this number, then it's not me. So I did not follow the process. And so, and then. Um, and everybody gave me their corrections. That's what Robert said, said, and then another person, Kerry, said, the fact that you've, been, you've sent your credentials and maybe uh, 20 of them didn't get back to you or miss the appointments, that doesn't mean you should, you should drift away from the process. The fact that 20 people did not respond and did not keep the appointments, even though you did the right thing, doesn't mean the 21st person would not. So you have to follow the system. That way you can say, I did all I could, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm not sure, wishy-washy. And so I got that um, that feedback. I called that, and everybody gave me their feedback, like, don't add to the process if it doesn't add value, you know, and, and don't take out stuff without you being sure that it's not working. So I got off the phone immediately, and I did exactly what they did. I called back that client, and I followed through with exactly what they told me.
1: And what were some of the points they made that you did when you called back to change things? I know you gave them your the number, the code. You know, if you if the agent that came to see you doesn't have this code, you're talking to the wrong person.
2: Kinda of lead us from there that developed. Correct. So I called back the client, he it was Nancy, that's his first name. I say, Hey Nancy Um, this is Bridget again. I know I just got off the phone with you and you said someone had come to speak with you and who is that person again? They gave me the name. What is it that they wrote for you? Uh, we don't know. I'm like, that's, um, interesting. And I said, I am in charge of Iowa. And, you know, we work, I work in that area, so I know a lot of people, or I may know who came to see you, and the fact that you don't know the policy that you signed up for, that's concerning to me, and so I would like to follow up on that. So please make sure you find out the name of that, um, that agent, and the, what policy you signed up for, and let's talk again. And, then, and I said, did that person leave their credentials? They said, no. I said, okay. That's concerning as well. Get, what is your email? Let me send you my credentials. They gave me their email. I sent them my credentials. And I'm like, so what time works for you, tomorrow or, or, or the day, Sunday? And they, they said, we don't know because they need to come back. We're going to figure it out and call you back. I said, no problem. I sent my email and I gave my number. I said, this is my, my, my underwriting number. If somebody else calls you and they don't give you this number, it's not, it's not me. And so that's what happened. And so I send them that information. And I, I left it at that.
1: Now, once you got them on the phone, from what I remember, you went through a series of questions that kind of dug down a little deeper. Why don't you share a little bit about that with everybody? Because giving them the code And some of these questions, guys, are what everybody on this call should be taking
2: away from this conversation. Absolutely. So when I sent them those credentials, and because I had raised all the red flags, they were also anxious. They responded to my email the next day. And so I wasn't there. I went to work my regular job from 7 to 7. I came back late. I checked that email and they said, please call us back tomorrow. We have a little time, but if that's not enough, just do it for Sunday. And so Sunday we did. And so I called them on Sunday, which is really an off day. And they were there to receive my call. So they told me the name of the agent. They told me the policy they wrote, the patient, that the agent had written for them. The agent did not show up again. Good news for me. And so I started asking them the question. So um, they said they got it finally. Then they figured out what that agent had written for them. It was new, new New York life. And it was an accidental plan. It was not a whole life plan. Oh, no, no, no. They had an accidental plan, first of all. But the, client, the, the agent that came in was writing New New York life, which was no good. Um, and so because I knew that, I told them that that was no good. It's a five-year bandit term. It goes up on them every five years, and it's it's insurance to age 80. It's not a whole life like the agent had implied, and so we debunked all of that. And so now I ask them, what kind of if we you don't qualify for the coverage that we are about to to quote for you or research for you, what kind of backup plans do you have? What kind of uh, financial plans do you have to fall back on? And so the wife was quick to tell me, Oh, I have a $300,000 plan. My husband has $150,000. i am like, That's really. What uh, but I said, Well, you know, my goal here is to really know what you have. That way if you're fully covered, we can close this conversation. I don't need to double cover you. I am not a sales agent. Um, you know, I'm a field licensed underwriter. I have I work for your I have your best interest at heart. I'm not just here to sell you a policy. And so um, she went looking, she came back and told me it was accidental. I'm sure when she realized what she had, she was not very happy. So she almost gave up. She's like, Oh, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to answer any more questions. And so I follow up and I apologize for that. I'm like, I apologize that nobody has taken the time to, to find out what you have so to make sure you had proper coverage. A coverage that, a parachute that you would be glad you had it in your rainy day. And so, but I'm that person that will make sure that you are protected, okay? And, you know, just make, when they found out that I was not just another sales agent or like the previous agent that just took their numbers and their signatures and never showed up and even tell them what they had, they relaxed. And they were able to just answer my next questions when I told them that I'm here to provide you the best coverage, not just any kind of coverage, yeah.
1: Well, I hope everybody took to heart what Bridget did here. You know, she she managed to get the people's mind in neutral because when you call somebody like that, let's face it, They've already bought something. They think they've got 300000 on her and one hundred and fifty on him, so they think they're already in pretty good shape. But she did an excellent job of exposing the pain. If I can't help you, you know, what's your plan B in essence? Well, we don't have one. And then when they found out that what they kind of thought was plan B really wasn't, and, uh, and, and she really did a, a great job in – you know, that action plan is something you need. However, you know, we need something that's going to be there when you need it, and that may not be there. Um, Bridget, I want to thank you this morning. Uh, now, we had a conversation before she had this meeting, so we kind of had an idea where we were going to go, and I hope everybody picks up on that as well, that strategizing these cases before you get on the phone with a client can make all the difference in the world. Um, Bridget, any final comments you'd like to share with everybody today?
2: Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Dick, for having me on. And I'm so glad to share my experience with everybody. And just so you know, for the cherry on the the, the, the cake, one of them were approved the very next day. Sunday was not a business day, but uh, Monday they were approved on the spot. So it was an instant approval for me. And and the husband went to underwriting, so I was able to make two sales out of that contact. I, the husband got covered, and the wife got covered with the whole sale with the, uh, the whole life policy with CVS as well. So that was that's it. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you, Bridget. Thank you very much for sharing.
2: Oh
0: gosh, we can close the call right there. I bet there's money's worth right there for sure. Hope everybody's listening to these podcasts the second time. Making your car a rolling university because what Bridget just did was really invaluable training. Um, And I just want to say for those of you who do use the virtual Zoom room, uh, it is um, invaluable training that she gives there too. Sorry, I got a spam call coming in. So, um, all right, thanks so much, Bridget. And we're going to move on to Jamar. I'm going to unmute uh, Jamar and give a little introduction here as to why. Um, actually, I think I'll just let Jamar say it. Uh, it, it Jamar is uh, waiting for his license, um, so you might think it's kind of odd that we would have him on the call today. However, He is waiting for it in a very new way that has never happened to us before. And if Jamar would just give us a little brief um, synopsis of what happened on Friday and uh, then what happened on Saturday. Can you do that for us, Jamar?
3: Yeah, for sure. What's up, everybody? Um, My name is Jamar Mitchell. I just signed on with the team recently. Um, Yeah, I've been studying uh, for the test took me a little bit longer uh, than usual, uh, according to the checklist, at least. I wanted to just make sure I really understood the concepts. And I haven't been in school for years. So I was like, ah, let me take this easy, getting back to studying and whatnot. But I got to a place where I thought I was comfortable enough. I passed the SYE. Uh, I did the practice exams a couple times, the quizzes a couple times. And I was like, all right, I think I'm going to do this. So then I took the test on – it was last Friday – and uh, I I remember, like, during it, hearts beating pretty fast, but I was like, I think I know this. I think I should be okay. And at the end of the test, they said I got a 69%. And you guys all know that we got to get at least a 70 uh, for the state test. So I was just, like, bummed out. So I called Connie and Dick, and I let them know, like, what had happened, and just pretty much explain where I was at. And luckily, with the test, it kind of tells you what parts you messed up on, or what parts you did good on, what parts you need more studying on. So I saw that my uh, state statutes for Colorado was the issue that I was having. So um, what I did was I, my dad asked me to take him to the Denver airport that day to get his car, and I let him know what had happened. And he was, uh, my dad coincidentally has his life insurance uh, license as well. So he ended up just telling me, like, okay, I can help you with the Colorado stuff. So on my way up to Denver from Colorado Springs, it's like a hour drive, hour and a half, uh, he has his laptop. Uh, We're just He's just drilling me on all the Colorado uh, information. And then I told Connie and Dick that I was going to retest, but I don't think they knew how soon I was going to do it. So I scheduled <laughs> it right after the phone call with them to take it on Saturday. And then I woke up the next morning studied for another three hours and strictly studied the Colorado portion and then uh, took the test again. And this time I was like, wow, this is going to be easy. And it felt way better this time as well. And then obviously, yep, I passed. I've paid for my license and I'm just waiting uh, a couple more days for it to get sent out. And then uh, I should be ready to be on the phones with you guys.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I have to say there was so much of that that we didn't know. We're sitting here kind of looking at each other. You know, the dad's <laughs> in insurance. The dad's helping. Uh, I can just, you know, I drive along uh, as a passenger with Dick when we travel with my laptop on a hot spot, so I can just see this dad drilling Jamar. Uh, and, guys, oh, what a story. That adds so much uh to what uh jamara is going to be able to tell to other people and i'm just curious jamara what had you heard either on an Equus call or in an interview with dick or something in an email is there anything specific that you feel made you wanted to get this knocked out of the way really fast
3: well um during my interview with Dick, he just – a lot of the stuff he was saying to me, I don't know if it's his, uh, his twang and his accent or whatever, but I just liked the fact that the owner was calling me and pretty much giving me info and realistic view of what I could potentially be making and how the this job kind of provides freedom. And I'm going through like a career change in my life right now. So I was really – I've always been in sales. I used to manage uh, Verizon stores. Uh, but d- during COVID, I mean – with any of those type of jobs, especially cell phone sales, the commission was just dwindling to less and less. I don't know the exact reason, but I have my uh, I have my ideas of why that is. But regardless, it just wasn't paying the bills as much anymore. So I just felt like I needed to switch it up. And when I talked to Dick and when he when he explained everything, I was like, okay, I think I could actually be good at something like this. And um, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know much about uh, life insurance at all. Like, I'm amazed at how much I didn't really know. When I'm looking at all these trainings and all the assumptions I had about life insurance, I'm like, I have it through my job, and then I don't work at that company anymore, so I don't have it anymore. So I really didn't own it. Stuff like that is just really kind of what intrigued me about it.
0: Well, Jamara, I have to say you have a lot going for you right now. You have a great voice. Uh, you're very well-spoken. And I, I just think you're tenacious. You're tenacious. <laughs> I, I think you're just going to do great at this. And I, I want to say to Jamar and everybody listening, some of you know this, some of you don't, but last Mar- uh, year ago, March, when this whole thing hit, uh, there was some hard gulping on our team at Equus all around. In because the We did not know what the COVID lockdowns were going to mean for us. Fortunately, we were considered essential workers, and the insurance carriers didn't want to be out of any business any more than we did, so they took about two weeks to uh, get their act together, so to speak, and make their applications uh, online-friendly and DocuSign-friendly and all this sort of thing. CVS even went so far as to make a, a whole-life application that you can sign with a secret code, no uh, email address necessary. So. Within two weeks, we not only were back in business, we had a banner year. People were hit with their mortality, and they wanted life insurance yesterday. So, Jamar, welcome to the team. I can't wait for that Colorado license to be uh, active. And I did not know that um, uh, Colorado did that where they tell you what parts you missed. That is a great feature for that state. And, um, as soon as you get that license, you send me over a copy. We'll get to the Equus contracting and you will be ready to, uh, sit in the zoom room and, uh, see what you can do for people. It sound like a plan.
3: Yes, ma'am. Can't wait.
0: Super. Thanks so much, Jamar, for jumping on this morning on a uh, short notice. Um, thank you. Okay. We are going to call this one a wrap and, uh, I think it would be something that most of you could listen to again.